So if you're in Genesis chapter 37, maybe you can hold your finger there and go to also Matthew uh, chapter 18 and, and uh, put your ribbon there and then go back to Genesis 37. And we're going um, to go to Matthew chapter 18 after a while. So we're continuing our sermon series in the life of Joseph. I love the life of Joseph, don't you? And it's, a, it's just a great, inspiring story of a man who went through many, many heartaches, but yet, as you read the end of his story, God blessed him, and he was just, uh, he was just greatly favored of God. And, and you know, that is a picture of, of, of you and I's life and, and how Christ can take our life, no matter what we've been through, no matter the hardships we've been through. You know, if I surveyed the congregation today, and, I, and, and those of you that have been serving God for a while and, and heard your stories, I think we would have revival this morning just to hear how God's taken a broken life and worked in that life and just, and just using that life for his kingdom and for his glory. Amen? And, and, and you know, I, I think... Um, you know, the life of Joseph is a great story that's filled with key principles, life lessons. And you know, the Bible wasn't given just for our education, but for our inspiration to change our lives. Amen. And as you read the life of Joseph from Genesis 30 on to 50, you read it, read it not just for the information's sake, but read it for the life lessons and how you can apply those lessons to your life and how those lessons can make a difference in your life. Amen. And, and, and we talked about the principle that, that, uh, last week about the principle of receiving a God inspired dream. You remember Joseph's whole life began to change whenever he had that dream and he had this, this dream that him and his brothers are out in the field and, and they're, 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 uh, tending, they're, they're, uh, they're harvesting sheaves and, and all of a sudden his sheaf stands upright, tall and erect and his brother's sheaves bow down to him. And he's like, wow, what is that, Lord? What am I dreaming? And then he has another dream, and the sun and the moon and 11 stars bow down to him. And so he shares this dream with his brothers, and it wasn't well received, if you can remember. But we mentioned that that Joseph's life changed that day because Joseph began to see the possibilities of his life that he could never see before that. And that's what God-inspired dreams do. What is a God-inspired dream? It's having a mental or spiritual picture of where God wants you to go and what God wants you to do. And whenever we start to get a vision of where God wants us to go and what God wants us to do, it begins to infuse us with power, with strength, and with enthusiasm. Amen? A God-inspired dream is receiving a picture in your mind, in your heart, of God's best for your life. And God always comes and taps us on the shoulder and brings us into salvation. And He shows us, like He did Abraham, the stars and says, listen, the sky is the limit for you. There's no telling what I could do in your life if you will live for me and trust me. Amen. You know, the thing about a God inspired dream is that it fills you with hope. It fills you with hope of what the possibilities could be, but it also helps you to overcome the barriers, the natural barriers and circumstances of your life. It doesn't matter that Joseph wasn't an elder son. It wasn't, it didn't matter that he wasn't the key man in the family. God can take a nobody and make him a somebody. Amen. 
And, you know, and, and, and then finally, God-inspired dreams will empower you with faith to realize your dreams. It'll give you some hope. It'll give you some confidence that, hey, it doesn't matter where I've been. It's about where I'm going. It's about where the Lord can take me. It doesn't matter what I've gone through in the past. I need to look in the, in the windshield and not the rearview mirror. God has a great plan for my life. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? And so God has a, a God-inspired dream for your life. He's got a plan for you. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you. How many of you know God has a plan for your life? And he says this, he says, my plans are to give you a future and a hope. My plans are to prosper you and not to harm you. Come on, that's enough right there for us to go home with. God's got a plan for your life. And his plans are for you to be blessed. His plans are for you to succeed. His plans are you to go from glory to glory, from blessing to blessing. That's God's plans for your life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor mind has conceived. What God has prepared for those who love him. Our little minds can't conceive. That's why we need an inspiration from God. God will expand our vision. He will expand our understanding. Amen? You know, sometimes you've heard of that story where they put fleas in a jar and they put the lid on and they let the fleas hit their head on the top of the lid and then they take the lid off and the fleas never get out of the jar because they've been programmed to believe this is as far as they can go in life. And some of us, we've been programmed by the bumps in our life that this is as far as we can go and God's saying, let's take the lid off. Let's take the lid off. I got great things in store for you, but you got to believe me and you got to be able to receive it. Amen. Now the second principle or life lesson that we learned from the life of Joseph is you can get through life's pits. You can get through life's pits. In Genesis chapter 37, in verse 12, it says that then his brothers went to pasture their father's flock in Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, are not your brothers pasturing the flock of Shechem? Come and I will send you to them. And he said to him, I will go. Then he said to him, go now and see about the welfare of your brothers and the welfare of the flock and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and came to Shechem and a man found him and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for my brothers. Please tell me where they're pasturing the flock. Then the man said, they have moved from here, for I've heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. When they saw him from a distance and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. And they said to one another, here comes the dreamer. Now then come and let us kill him and throw him into, into one of the pits. And we will say, a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard this and rescued him out of their hands and said, let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, shed no blood, throw him into the pit that is in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. So he came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him, and they took him and they threw him into the pit. And now the pit was empty without any water in it. Now, as you track this story, Joseph has this God-inspired dream. And then, you know, the very next thing that happens to Joseph is he gets thrown in the pit. Now, isn't that a picture of how the experiences of life can go? You can just 
feel like everything is just going so well. And then from one minute to the next, you can be thrown in to the pit. And this is what happened to Joseph. He received this amazing dream. He was filled with hope and inspiration and encouragement about the possibilities of God. And then the very next thing that happens, he gets thrown in the pit. He gets thrown in the pit. Listen, life's experiences can quickly take you into the dark pits of life. How many of you would agree with that? You know, what is a pit? Well, you know, in a, in a physical sense, in a biblical sense, the pit is a hole in the ground. It's a shaft in the ground. And these pits, in the physical sense, were used as a cistern to hold water. Or sometimes they were used as a prison. They would throw prisoners in there so they could hold them. Sometimes these pits were used as a place of burial. It's where they threw somebody that they were ready to get rid of and they wanted to just take them off the face of the, of the globe. These pits in this physical sense are just this dark shaft in the ground. In the spiritual sense, they are the dark, deep, emotional, spiritual, mental valleys that we go through. The, the pits of life. You've heard the expression, man, I, I'm in the pits. Well, that means that you're just in a dark valley. You're in a dark hole. You're in a, in a place, a dark place of despair and discouragement and misery. How many of you know that life is filled with pits? Life is full of pits. Your dreams can be shattered in one instant with one phone call, with one bit of information. You can go from having this magnificent dream and be thrown into the pits. When I think about the pits, I think specifically of the person who recently buried a loved one and has gone through the grieving process. I think about the person who has just got a doctor's report that they have cancer again. I think about the, the spouse who has a mate with an addiction that's tearing their family apart. The parents who have a child that is, that is wayward, that is not following the ways that they know they're supposed to be found. I think about the young couple who hasn't been able to have any children, only miscarriages. I think about the person who, who loses their job suddenly for without any reason. You know, these are just some of the many different circumstances that can take you and throw you into the pits of life. Come on, are y'all with me out there? You know, I just, whenever I'm thinking about this, I think of people right here in our church and what they're going through and what they're dealing with. Men, you look on the outside and it may seem like everything is fine, but inside they feel like they've been thrown into the pit like Joseph. You know, there's three ways you can end up in the pit. One is... You can be thrown in by other people. Like in Joseph's situation, someone throws you into the pit. Have you ever been thrown into the pit by somebody else? You know, Joseph was thrown in by his brothers, by his own family. Have you ever been thrown in the pit by your own family? That's what happened to Joseph. In verse 23, it says, so it came about when Joseph reached his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his tunic the very colored tunic that was on him. And they took him and they threw him in the pit. Oh, come on, my own brothers? I mean, you would expect your enemy to throw you in a pit, but not your family. Not your own blood. But here it is, family threw him in the pit. You know, listen, sometimes it's your own family that will throw you in the pit. 
You know, whenever you're a parent and you have a child that's addicted, that'll throw you in the pits. It's not your doing, it's somebody else's doing. Sometimes that unfaithful spouse can throw your life into the pits. And it's not a decision you made, a choice you made. Somebody else throws you in the pit. Sometimes you're not responsible for being in the pits of life. Sometimes it's just the actions and decisions and choices of other people. Are y'all with me out there? But you know, sometimes you slip into the pit because of your own actions. You can't blame it on anybody. You can't fault anybody. Come on, how many of y'all can relate to that? Come on, we know how to build our own pits. How many of you can agree to that? You know, Joseph might have ended up in the pit thrown in there by his brothers, but you know, when you look at it, maybe it was his own arrogance that got him in the pit. Maybe he, he talked about this dream just a little bit too much. Maybe he wouldn't let the dream go, and every time he got in the presence of his brothers, he reminded them of how he's going to be the ruler over them, and they're going to be bowing down and kissing his feet. I mean, we don't know, but we, we have an idea that they were really ticked with Joseph and his dreams. And you know, there's, there's, there's not all the information given to us in Scripture, but I believe that sometimes you can read between the lines. Like in verse 19, they said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Now then come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits, and we'll say, Wild beast of him. Then let's see what becomes of his dreams. Apparently, his dream had become a source of contention. Do you know that our own pride and arrogance could get us in the pits of life? You know, another way to say it is sometimes we end up in the pit because of our own wrong choices and decisions. Our own sinful behavior can cause us to slip in the pit. Come on, we don't need family members to throw us in the pits. We can do that on our own, can't we? Come on, saints, help me preach today. And you know, Joseph may end up in the pit because of, um, you know, because of his own arrogance, his own attitude. And you know, sometimes we just, uh, we just end up in places that we shouldn't go because of our own sinful nature. We do things that we shouldn't do. We act in ways that we shouldn't have acted. Amen? And this is, you know, I believe this is what happened to Joseph here. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. The Bible says that, that, you know, whenever you break God's laws, there's a consequence to that. And we pay a price for that. Amen? And so sometimes we're in our pit because of our own doing. But, you know, sometimes we end up in the pits because of circumstances which are out of our control. You know, whenever you think about You know, part of the reason why Joseph's brothers hated him, because his dad had showed him favoritism. And they, his dad was the one that gave him this nice coat of many colors. And the Bible says, if you read just a few verses ahead of where we just read, the Bible says that Joseph showed extra favor and the brothers began to see, wait a minute, he's not treating us the way that he treats Joseph. He's treating Joseph better. Now, was that Joseph's decision? No, it was a decision his dad made. And because his dad didn't treat all the siblings the same, it caused resentment in the brothers. 
And see, before Joseph ever talked about the dream, there was resentment building in the brothers and they were already wanting to get his head. And Joseph had nothing to do that with that. And you know, sometimes you can get thrown in the pit because of uncontrollable circumstances. You know, whenever that doctor gives you that bad report, that's an uncontrollable circumstance. Whenever a spouse decides I'm done with that marriage and jumps out, that's an uncontrollable circumstance. So sometimes we're in the pits because somebody real close to us throws us in. But sometimes we get thrown in the pit because of our own choices and decisions. But sometimes we end up in the pit because of uncontrollable circumstances. You didn't make a decision. You didn't didn't decide this. But here you are left with having to move on when you've buried a loved one. How many of y'all been there? Well, that's the facts of life, isn't it, saints? That's the way life goes. There are many uncontrollable circumstances of life that can leave us in physical, spiritual, emotional pits in life. But I'm here to tell you that there's good news this morning, that regardless of why you might be in the pit, there's a God who loves you, who wants to deliver you out of the pit. Amen? Regardless of how deep the pit you're in, God's grace is deeper than your pit. His strength is greater than your weakness. Amen. He can take the person in the deepest pit that they're in and he can take them out. That's the good news. And so, you know, if we're going to reach our destiny, we got to know that God can take us through the pit. He can get us to the other side. And sometimes we just need to hear that because all we can see is the dark walls of our pit. All we can see is the dark walls of our circumstances. And God in heaven looks down and says, look, I, my hand can reach down to that pit. I can, I can just loose a ladder down there in that hole and get you out of there right now. Can I encourage you today? God can get you through your pits. Amen. He can get you through the holes that you've been, that you maybe have dug for yourself. He can deliver you. Amen. You can get through life's pits. Whether you've been thrown in there by others or whether you've been put there by yourself. You know, sometimes we make decisions that are wrong decisions and we end up in the pit of life and then the enemy comes and condemns us. and says, how dare you ever dream of getting out of the pit whenever you've made your own pit. But I'm here to tell you that God understands our weaknesses. And he understands that we're not going to get it right every time. He understands that we're not going to get it. We're not going to make the right decision all the time. And despite our wrong decisions and choices, in his mercy and grace, he says, it's okay. I can still get you out. Hey, this is good news this morning. You could get out of your pit. Amen. Our God is a God who delivers us. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have been in a pit before and have have experienced the deliverance of God. Now, you know, some of you didn't, weren't truthful when I said, how many of you were been in pits in life and some of you acted like you've never been? Let me ask the question again. How many of you been in the pits in your life? That's better. That's, that's less liars now. <laughs> it's true. We all been to the pits. Amen. But listen, there are great testimonies in this church this morning. Of God's delivering power. 
whenever we've been thrown in the pit, left to die, that people said there's no way they're coming out of it. But yet the deliverer comes and delivers us out of our pit. Amen. Hey, the only reason why Joseph could reach his destiny is he got delivered out of his pit. And so listen, how do you get delivered out of life's pits? First of all, you got to learn how to forgive the people that throw you in the pit. You know, sometimes the reason why we're in a pit is because we've never forgiven the person that threw us in the pit. And the only way you're going to get out of the pit is you got to forgive those that threw you in the pit. I know they weren't supposed to throw you in the pit. You're not supposed to be abused when you're a child. You're not supposed to be betrayed. You're not supposed to be let go just because you don't know the boss as well as other people. But that's the way life goes. Sometimes it's not fair. Joseph understands that like nobody else. Amen? But what are you going to do about it? That's the question. Are you going to stay in the pit or are you going to get out of the pit? You see, as long as you don't forgive those who throws you in the pit, you're going to stay in the pit. But don't give them that much power in your life. I mean, it's bad enough they did whatever they did to you. Don't let them continue to ruin your life and keep you in the pits of life. Come on, climb the ladder of forgiveness and get out of the pit. Come on, are y'all with me? You're following with me? Don't give them the privilege of holding you in the pit any longer. Say, you know what? Let God deal with them. Let God have them. Lord, you deal with them. I'm going on. I'm moving on in my life. I'm forgiven and forgetting. Amen. Remember when Jesus was talking with the disciples in Matthew chapter 18. I'm not going to take the time to read the whole story, but you know the story. And then the disciples said, how often should we forgive? And Jesus said, and they said, 70 times 7. And he said, no, no, let me explain it to you. And he tells them this story and he says, hey, you know, this guy got forgiven all this debt. He was in debt up to his eyeballs and the master forgave him. And then he went to a fellow servant and demanded that he, that the servant pay him back and the servant couldn't afford to pay him back. So he threw him into prison. He threw him in the pits. And Jesus basically says, you're going to stay in the pit until you have mercy and forgive the person that owes you. And the, the, you know, the, the, the application of that story is every one of us transgress the law of God on a, on a daily and a weekly basis. Right? And God continues to relieve us of our debt. And he says, now this is what I ask of you. Go forgive those who've sinned against you. Say, well, you just don't know how hard I can't imagine. But see, God never asked us to do something that he won't give us the grace to do it. It's a choice that has to be made. And you see, somebody said that when you forgive, somebody is let out of prison. And that person is you. Can I say it a different way? When you forgive, somebody is released from the pit. And that person is you. Amen? Listen, if you're going to reach God's destiny for your life, you can't be bitter. You can't hold unforgiveness. You got to turn to the Lord and say, you are the forgiver. Fill me with the forgiveness of your grace so that I can forgive those that have wronged me and I can live my life outside of this pit. Don't give them the privilege of holding you in the pit any longer. Amen. Forgive and move on and be released. Send them a gift. Bless them. Pray for them. 
Have, ask God to have mercy on them. They need God's mercy. Amen. Are y'all with me? So you must learn to forgive if you want to get out of life's pits. Number two, if you want to get out of life's pits, you must learn to repent. You got to learn to repent. And if you, if you ended up in the pit because of your own wrong decisions, evil choices, listen, there's only one person that can get you out of the pit. And that's Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can forgive us of our sinful ways. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, which means own up to them, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, purify us from unrighteousness. You know, just as forgiveness will get you out of the pits, so will repentance. It'll get you out of the pits. Come on, listen. There's a lot of people in this room. Listen, I'm going to tell you a little secret. There's a lot of people in this room that were in a very deep, deep pit. And it looked like their life had come to the end. They were going to starve and die right there in the pit. And they repented and God took them out of the pit. Come on. How many of you, how many of you that resembles your life? That's where God finds us. Lost in sin. In a pit of life. But whenever we say, Jesus, I've broken your law. I've rebelled against you. The power of repentance. The power of just owning up. And not saying I made a mistake. Or I just was struggling. No, that's not really owning up to it. That's saying there's a reason why I'm breaking the laws of God. No, repentance is saying, man, this is wrong. I can't justify it. I can't, I can't blame it on my upbringing. I can't blame it on somebody that tempted me. I can't blame it on anybody. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Amen. And listen, God's not saying, you own up to it so I can rake you over the coals. No, the Lord's saying, own up to it so I can get you out of this pit. Come on, own up. Ask, ask forgiveness. Come on, come on. Turn to me and let me wash your sins away so that you can get out of this pit. It's amazing the power of repentance. The Bible says in Acts 3 and verse 19, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Amen. And the number three, you must learn how to cry out to God if you want to get out of the pit. And that's what David did. Remember, David was in a miry clay. Remember that? He was like, you know... The miry clay is the mud that's left in the cistern when the water's taken out. The water that's been in there for a while, it makes this muddy stuff on the bottom. And it's just yucky. I mean, you, oh, goodness. And, and you're standing in there, and it's clay. It's not just mud. It's clay, and it, it just tends to stick around your shoes. And, and you now you got shoes about, you know, five times the size, and you're trying to walk, but you got all this stuff junk all around you. That's David said, I've been stuck in the miry clay, man. I'm in the pit, and it's not just the pit. It's an old muddy pit. It's an old sticky pit, and there ain't no hope of me getting out of here. I can't even get my feet off the ground, much less see the light of day. And the Bible says that David in Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry for help. Listen, he didn't just, you know, this little, you know, dinnertime prayer, Lord, bless me, keep and bless my soul to keep. I pray, you know, no, he cried out. 
God, I'm in a pit, a big pit, a deep pit, a dark pit. Lord, if you don't get me out of here, I'm staying, I'm going to die right here. Like Joseph, whenever he was in the pit, he didn't know whether his life would ever see the light of day. But David cried out. The Bible says, he turned to me, he heard my cry for help. Can I encourage you today that the cry of God's people echoes through heaven's corridor. When his people cry out, he'll move heaven and earth on behalf of the cry of his people. Remember when the children of Israel were in the pit in Egypt and they were oppressed, they were beaten down, they were mistreated. And the Bible says in their distress, they started crying out to God and God heard their cry and he set a bush on fire to get Moses' attention. And he said, Moses, I got a job for you to do. And he says, Lord, I can't talk. I know you can't do nothing. I don't need you to do nothing. I just need a body. Come on over here. And I'm going to give you somebody that's going to talk for you. I got some people that are in trouble and I want to get them out of the pit. Amen. And the cry of the people of Israel echoed in the chambers of heaven. And God sent a deliverer. And David said, I turned to the Lord and I cried for help. He pulled me out of a horrible pit. Out of the mud and the clay. He set my feet on rock and he made my steps secure. He placed a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see this in worship. They will trust the Lord. You know what David is saying is, man, I lost my song, but God gave me my song back. As I cried out to him, he got me out of this dark place I was in. Listen, let me ask you a question. Can you make it through the grief and the loss of close and, and, and just, just real personal friends and loved ones? Can you make it through that? Yes, you can. Can you make it through whenever the corporation says, we don't need you anymore, and you lose your job? Can you make it through that? Can you make it through being abused as a child where you had no choice? You were just thrown into circumstances that you had no power. Can, as an adult, you live a normal, healthy life? Can you live past divorce when your spouse betrays you and turns their back? Can you make it past the pits of life? And the answer is a resounding, yes, you can. Yes, you can. How you cry out to the God who knows how to deliver, who knows what it's like to be in the pit, and it can also get you out of the pit. Amen? David said, I cried out to the Lord and he heard my cry and he pulled me out of my horrible pit and I tell you, I started singing again. I had this song, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. When the song service starts, you can't keep me down because I got a song to sing. I was in a dark pit, but the Lord delivered me out of it. You're just going to have to put up with me as I just exalt my Lord. Amen. That's what the psalmist is saying. He put a song in my heart. Quit singing. Are you kidding me? I can't quit singing. It's like fire in my bones, man. It's going to come out. It's like a rock that's going to praise him if somebody puts their hand on my mouth because I got to praise the Lord because he's my deliverer. And I tell you, the Lord is your deliverer. Amen. He's your deliverer. 
Our God is a God who delivers us from life's pits. You know, Isaiah 53 is a prophecy of Jesus. Remember, whenever Joseph was thrown in the pit, out of the brothers, there was one brother that had compassion on him. His name was Reuben. The brothers wanted to just take him out. Reuben said, let's not kill him. Why don't we just throw him in this pit? I think all along, Reuben was planning on going to get him out after the brothers left. My personal opinion. God somehow gave one of the brothers compassion to get Joseph out of the pit. And God has given given your elder brother compassion to get you out of your pit. And that elder brother, his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord has filled Jesus Christ with compassion for you not to die in your pit, but for you to come out of your pit. And so instead of you having to die in your pit, Jesus decided, I'm going to get in the pit for you and I'm going to lay my life down and I'm going to die so you can get delivered out of your pit. The good news is that there's power for your deliverance to get out of your pit this morning. And Isaiah 53 in verse 4 says, Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the chasing for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. Jesus is the ultimate pit deliverer. Amen. And this is a prophecy of why he can deliver us out of our pits right now. Jesus died so we could be delivered from physical pits. The Bible says in verse 4, surely our griefs he carried, our sorrows he carried. You know, the word griefs means all manner of sickness, malady, and affliction. And our sorrows, our pains, our, our hurts. Jesus carried that upon himself. He carried our physical affliction. You know, some people say, you know, that's just about spiritual healing that the Bible talks about. Well, when you look over there in the Gospels, Jesus went about healing and and they say, hey, this is what the prophet spoke about. And then it was all because not only spiritual healings, but physical healing. The Lord can take you out of the physical pits of life. Come on. Last Sunday, I had two people come to me and say, Todd, you know, you prayed for me. Y'all been praying for me. They told me I had cancer. I got a clean bill of hell. Two people, yeah. Two people. You know, one of them, one of them brought me a big old bag of kumquats, man. I mean, just a little, you know, just feeling so blessed, wanted to bless me. We've been blessed all week. But come on, can I encourage you that God can deliver you out of the physical health pit? Amen. He bore stripes on his back. So we could be delivered from the pit. But not only that, Jesus died so we could deliver, be delivered from our spiritual pits. You know, listen. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have slipped into the pit because of our own choices and decisions. And God in heaven knows that. So he sent us a ladder to get out of the pit when we've made our own pits. And through the shed blood of Jesus, our sins can be forgiven and we can get out of the spiritual pit. 
In Isaiah 53 and 5, he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. That's our sin. Jesus took our sin upon himself. Not just our sin, our sins. uh, Our many sins. uh, Our initial sin and our sins from here to eternity. Amen? Whenever we blow it, whenever we miss the mark, thank God there's forgiveness in the blood of Jesus Christ and we can ask him to forgive us and not stay in the hole of the spiritual pits of hell, but we can be delivered and set free. Jesus bore stripes on his back, not only for our physical deliverance of our pits, but for our spiritual deliverance from our pits. And Jesus died so we could be delivered from my emotional pits. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5b, in the King James, it says this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. You know, the word peace there means shalom. Shalom. It's what the Jewish people would speak over each other. And they wasn't just a slow trite saying. Whenever they said shalom, they meant may peace be in your life. May you be free from affliction. May you be free from torment mentally, spiritually, emotionally. May you have the peace of God totally rule and reign over your household and your family and your home. Jesus died on the cross so we could have shalom in our lives. So we could have shalom in our families. So we could have shalom even in the midst of our pits of life. Jesus died. So we could be delivered. Amen. Would you stand with me? And let's close in prayer. Now listen, Joseph had this magnificent dream. That he was going to be this ruler. He was going to be successful. He was going to be in a place of authority. And that's a picture of what God says. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. The Lord is trying to paint a picture for us. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered the heart of man that which God has prepared for those who loved him. Believe it, listen, even in the midst of God-inspired dreams, when God's word over and over promises that the Lord would look after us, he wouldn't forsake us, he would be with us, he would walk with us. Even though we have all these promises, life has a way of bringing you into dark pits. And you can lose all hope. But I'm here to encourage you today, don't give up hope. Don't throw in the towel. The Lord can take you through your pit. As long as you have breath, there's still time. Come on, as long as you're breathing, you're hearing my voice. It's not over yet. Hey, just because you you feel like you're losing this round, it doesn't mean you lost the fight. Come on, stand up. Come on, get up off the canvas. Come on, rise up, man of God, woman of God. The Lord is a deliverer, and he has a great ability to get you out of your pits. Come on, do you believe that he can deliver you? That's the question. Come on, how many of you believe today? Let me ask a question. How many of you today say, man, I feel like I'm in the pit. I feel like I'm in the pit. Maybe it's an emotional pit. Maybe it's a physical pit. Maybe it's a spiritual pit. Come on, one person. Anybody else feel like you're in the pit? Come on, here's two more. Anybody else feel like you're in the pit? Come on, you're in the pit. Come on, whatever, whether somebody threw you in there, whether you slipped in yourself, or whether it's uncontrollable circumstances. Come on, let's look up to heaven. 
Let's look up to heaven. Can I encourage all of you to join with me right now? Come on, let's look. Can God get you? Man of God, let me ask you, can God get you out of that pit? Woman of God, let me ask you, can God get you out of that pit? But Todd, you don't understand how long it's been. You don't understand the situation. Can God get you out of the pit? Can He deliver you out of the pit? Can He change your circumstances? And the question is a resounding, yes, He can. He can do all things because He's God. He can move heaven and earth. He can set a bush on fire and He can call somebody from the other side of the world to get you out of your pit because He's God. Come on, let's pray together. Father in heaven, Come on, Father in heaven, I pray, Lord, release your anointing, release your power, release your presence, release your grace. Father, I pray, God, release hope in the hearts of your people. Release strength in the hearts of your people. Release grace in the lives of your people today. Father, I pray, Father, that your anointing, your power, your presence, your spirit, God, would just begin to infuse your people. Lord, you sent Reuben to help Joseph. You sent Jesus to help us. And God, I thank you and I praise you that today, Lord, you are releasing strength. You're releasing supernatural grace. You're releasing the miraculous. Lord, you're releasing miracles. You're releasing, Lord, supernatural provision today for your people. Thank you, Father, for the promise of your word. The Lord, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that you would raise up a standard against the flood. Thank you, Lord. When we go through the fire, your promise is we're not going to be burned. Lord, you said when we go through the waters, we won't drown. Lord, your promise is, Lord, that you will take us through the valley of the shadow of death. Thank you, Lord, that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Listen, some of you might, you might just want to slip out of the pew and come to the altar today and have prayer. Just have somebody agree with you. And we're going we're gonna to be here to pray with you. We're going to be here to stand with you. Amen. Listen, if you're not in a pit right now, how quickly you could be there. Amen. Don't forget, Jesus went into the pit so that you could get out of your pit. Amen? Jesus went out to the depths of his pit so he could get us out of the depths of our pit. There is hope. There is deliverance. And his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your blessing over your people. I release them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great day. Come on. You're not a, you're not a tent dweller. You are victorious in Jesus.